All right, we welcome our AM radio audience, specifically the mightier 1090. We're kicking it SoCal Friday night to style. Sirius XM 204 throwing it down. Tommy Lasorda passes away. And uh, we were just uh, saying, uh, for those of you that are just joining us uh, right now, can you think and tell me, I want to know, at SportsRage, uh, don't call me. Uh, at sports rage. <laughs> yeah, don't don't bother calling. Unless you're Bob from Vermont, you know. Uh, Big card Julio in Chicago's all right. Where the hell is Kevin in Chicago, anyways? Where's Kevin? You know, Kevin's like Captain Ram, man. Big Rams game. So we'll let we'll let Kevin on. Selective calls. Uh, but all kidding aside, uh, shoot us. Uh, you know, if if you know, in our chat on Twitter at sports rage. Pretty simple. Um, at sports rage, pretty simple. And I got people I tweet out, uh, you know, hey, we're back on Sirius XM, channel 204, and I have people answer the tweet. What channel on Sirius? Like, really, people? Are we at the point, are you guys at the point where, like, 140 characters is too much? Is that, like, can you imagine that? And it wasn't one person, like, a, a bunch of people. I tweet out live tonight, Sirius XM, channel 204. Hey, uh, what, uh, what, what channel you want on Sirius anyways? Like, do you just read like the first like couple of words or dude, I, you know, we run a, uh, we run, we're, you know, we, we like to have some fun with the NFL playoff challenge, NFL.com. You know, it's like a playoff uh, challenge. You pick the players, you get double points as they go on. It's sort of part, you know, you got to pick the teams that are going to the Super Bowl and get the players. It's a cool format, all right? I've, I've told people, I said on Twitter, hey, if you want to enter, you know, let us know. You know, there's, there's a price to enter, but if you want to enter, let us know. We have less entries this year because it's too complicated for people. Like, each year, like, it gets harder somehow. Like, some people are, oh, I just don't really understand It's not that hard to understand, bro. You take a player, you get double points. If you don't take a player that's playing this weekend, you'll still get double points next week, triple points, and then quadruple points going into the Super Bowl. There, it's explained. I don't know. That's kind of tricky. Yeah, I guess if you don't, like, use your brain and actually read the rules, I guess it's tricky. And if you cross the street, when the light is red, you might get run over. Late night anger management class. Vent your rage. Bring it. Took you long enough to get here, Sporto. Now that you've found us, keep it right here for sports news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talk about sports, but talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet a hundred bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. 
late night anger management class. This is portrait. I am Gable Ramsey. Um, <laughs> all right, just we've got a live chat uh, going on. I can't uh, help but uh, look. We've got a dude in our chat calling himself the Donald, right? Uh, all right, yeah. What's up, Donald? He's like, oh, you can find me on uh, MySpace now and other places. I said, yeah, you're gonna be banned from here too soon, Don. So, right, look, we got we got we got our eye on you, bro. We got our eye on you, but uh, whatever, it's all right. Um, <laughs> Friday Night Freak Show. So, speaking of Friday Night Freak Show, um, we'll see what happens with Tony Finn. I understand Tony was doing videos earlier today. Um, I don't know, maybe he went for a walk or something like that. Like I said, I, I, Tony strikes me as uh, somebody that's like, uh, you know, he's gazing at Area 51 right now. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm on, I'm on the radio a little bit later on. That's right, Tony, you're on the radio, Sirius XM, baby. Channel 204, the mightier 1090, kicking it with us tonight in SoCal, San Diego, Los Angeles. We do have Eli Gold a little bit later on. Poor Eli's got to be part of this train wreck uh, tonight. We've had great guests uh, this week. Great job, uh, Matthias. Uh, hooking, uh, uh, booking the guests uh, throughout the week. And uh, we got another great one with the play-by-play -play voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide. And I booked this guest that we have now. Steve Merrill uh, joins us. Wager talk in the house. Another great guest. What's going on, Steve? You take full responsibility for my actions over the next hour. No, I should say I don't, actually. I should thank you for reminding me. I might have booked Merrill, but the views and opinions of Merrill are those of his. <laughs> and, you know, Steve, I used to do a talk show, a TV talk show, and they actually put a disclaimer up, like, under my name. <laughs> so, like, everybody else just had, like, you know, your name. Under my name, they had a disclaimer up, the views and opinions of Gabriel Moretz, who do not represent Bell Global Media. <laughs> and... and uh, and they were like, no, no, say what you want. It's fine. They were like, no, legally, we're, we're clear. All we have to do is just put that up. So, yeah, I'll say that. Uh, I'll, I'll clear that. Lucky Steve Merrill kicking us. Yeah, pretty cool, though. We got the play-by-play -play voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide joining us later. We'll see what happens with Tony Finn. We have one of Finn's colleagues, Steve Merrill, with us. And I just want to finish a thought, Steve, because I could do this at times where, you know, boom, 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 and then... You know, I don't, I don't finish it. But I was saying earlier, so Tommy Lasorda passes away. And, you know, there's a few, I guess, but there's, they, they don't make them like him anymore. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you he was the nicest guy in the world. He wasn't. I met him a bunch of times. And, you know, but he was a great showman. He was a hell of a manager. And this guy, like I said earlier today, and I don't think it's an exaggeration, like Tommy Lasorda loved the Dodgers more than the Pope loves God. Like, even the Pope's got his own thing going on. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, 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 I got my own thing besides God. Tommy Lasorda was Dodger blue. Like, when they do the autopsy, he's going to be, you know, his his blood will be blue, uh, this guy. And I was just thinking, like, I can't really think of many, many managers and coaches that are just sort of loved, like, that franchise that they were with. But one of your guys actually crossed my mind. I was thinking, you know, about older coaches, like Tom Landry, Cowboys, you know, but uh, Joe Gibbs, Joe Gibbs, Washington football team, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Gibbs, though, is remarkable because he – not only did he win three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks, three mediocre quarterbacks on top of that, no Hall of Fame quarterbacks um, over like a 10-year span, but he did it against an incredibly competitive division and conference in the NFC in the 80s and 90s. And then, again, what I think makes him a legend is just that he's then transferred over to a completely yeah. unrelated sport and dominated as well in NASCAR. 
Um, and the joke, I, not a joke, but the story I tell was the last Richmond race, the fall of 19, I had um, pit passes. And, of course, they were, didn't have fans this year, so it's the last time you were able to go to the Richmond Raceway a year ago. And uh, my friend and I were down there in pit lane, and Kyle Busch was running first, Truex was running second. We're all the way at the end of the Bush pit, and then we're behind Gibbs. And then all of a sudden, Gibbs starts walking because Truex takes the lead with, like, 20 laps to go. And we follow Gibbs the entire length of pit row, like 40 stalls. And I tell my friend, you know, if Bush follows him, we're going to have to walk all the way back. Uh, but he held on to win. And um, I've seen Gibbs a few times. I forgot how big he was, Gabe. He was a football player. I mean, he's several inches taller than me. He's probably 6'3", six, 6'4", six, uh, very soft-spoken. But, yeah, true legend, no, no question about it. And um, so, and you, you know, and listen, as you stated, Gibbs was a player. And you look at Gibbs' career. And Gibbs, another story. We could talk for hours about Gibbs. As you said, five-time NASCAR champion. Like, and guys, like, that's like, and then three Super Bowls? Like, come on, man. Like, and different drivers. unheard of. Yeah, unheard and of. And different, different drivers, drivers like quarterbacks. quarterbacks. That's what's remarkable. Like, three different drivers, <laughs> different right? Different drivers and quarterbacks. And isn't he, Steve? You know NASCAR, like, Joe Gibbs Racing's always at the forefront, right? Like, they're one of the more consistent teams over the years, too. Right, and it, just for the listeners that aren't NASCAR fans, it's Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, uh, Martin Truex now. I mean, those are the champions we're the naming. Best of the best. And before I forget, Gabe, I, I got to tell my favorite Lasorda story. And my, my father told me this joke years ago, and I've always attributed it to him, but I just pulled up and found it following the internet. So I want to get it right. So I'll actually read it here. But um, he was coaching third base, and Pete Rose was on third. And Lasorda says to Rose, he goes, The Dodgers had a poll about who's the best looking guy on the Reds. And he said, Rose, you actually came in second. And he goes, Everyone else tied for first. <laughs> <laughs> And I'd always heard so, that story, but I just looked it up. It was Lasorda on third base saying it to Rose. So my father got it right. He wasn't embellishing. That was actually the right joke. I've always told that, but I never knew till now that it was the right joke. Yeah, so Tommy Lasorda, guys. So imagine, he played for the Brooklyn Dodgers. In, in, um, he played for the Brooklyn Dodgers, but he pitched for the Montreal Royals for years. He lived in Montreal. The Montreal Royals, Steve, were the, uh, the farm team for the great Brooklyn Dodgers. Right? Like, Jackie Robinson played his first pro game in Montreal, not in Brooklyn. Like, he played, like, first in Montreal. Um, you know, UCLA, then Montreal, and then um, in, the inter- in the International League. And so, he was with the Dodgers, guys. Imagine. You're with the Montreal Royals, Brooklyn Dodgers. Then, um, you know, you're, you work your way up through the minors. You're a, you're a coach with the Los Angeles Dodgers from 73 to 76. And then you're the manager from 76 to 96. So basically, from like wow. 1954, 1954 to to what he retired in 1996, the guy was a Dodger, guys. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you talk about it. I've got like many Lasorda stories. I met him and stuff. But you know, the funniest stuff though isn't about me meeting him. Is Steve? Is the classic? And we'll play a clip. And I wanted to. I wanted to do it. We'll we'll send it over to our crew right now. Uh, we'll get to, we'll get this set up. It's actually already censored a bit. I know we're on Sirius, but we're also on, you know, some AM stuff. But uh, there's, like, censored versions, but you'll get the gist of it. But Tommy Lasorda was intense, man, and he hated mascots. Like, he really did, for real. So, like, the UP <laughs> in Montreal, the, the Montreal mascot UP, real cute guy, right? And an orange dude, a real cute. And the, the Expos and the Dodgers were, like, extra innings. It was, like, one-in-the-morning type deal. Long game, and UP put like uh, pajamas on Steve, like you know, good old fashioned hijinks in baseball. You know what I mean? 
he put pajamas on and he had a pillow and everything. Except he was sleeping on top of the Dodgers dugout and it was aluminum. <laughs> so when he would walk, it'd be like bang, 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 bang. And UP would like pretend to steal bases. There was a home plate on top of the dugout. So he used to dive and like stuff and it would be bang on the dugout. Tommy Lasorda snapped. All right. And like started yelling at the up and said, get him out of here. So the mascot got off the dugout and they're like, no, 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 no. You got to go. You've got to go. And he got kicked out of the game. Like, so the mascot got kicked out of the game. It's a famous moment. Only mascot in pro sports history to get ejected by the officials uh, is UP in Montreal. And then, of course, he famously had, he famously attacked the uh, Philly fanatic because the Philly fanatic yep. had a blow up like old like fan thing of the Dodgers. <laughs> Tommy Lasorda. And there's a great story, too, about how the San Diego chicken stepped on a Dodger hat. And after the game, Tommy Lasorda, like, threatened to murder him in the tunnel. He said, if you ever touch a Dodger logo or anything Dodgers ever again, I'll kill you. He said, I'll literally murder you. And he said, he said I'll rip your costume apart and kill you. Throw a barrel on the other side. Remember that state championship game you played in high school? Yeah. We, we can't get over it either. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If sports talk stations were cars, we'd be the one that you drove the wheels off of in high school, cruising for chicks and going to the game on Friday nights, then forgetting where you parked it till Saturday morning and you had to get your buddy to drive you around looking for it. I think I see it, man. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You want some of this, don't you? Yeah! Well, you need to know the winners, and I know the winners. So call me now. Whoa! $5 for the first minute, $2 for each additional minute. You have reached the... Coaches, hot line, line. Yeah, lay it on me, coach. In the game of my mm-hmm. versus Sin. Cincinnati, Sin. Cincinnati, Nat. Cincinnati. Come on, come on! Don't you realize this is costing me money? Late night anger management class. Steve Merrill kicking with us. Wager talk in the house. We'll get back to uh, Tommy Lasorda. I'll share a couple of Tommy Lasorda stories. Um, that uh, that I have, uh, that when I met him, and, um, you know, real surly dude, actually, in real life. Surly guy, but uh, real, you know, like I said, one of the faces of baseball. But let's get down to business, man. We got football to handicap, and we got one of the best in the business uh, here uh, with uh, Steve Merrill. So, uh, Steve, let's uh, blast uh, through the games one last time. Um, we got the Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts. This Buffalo Bill team has been on fire, 9-1 in their last 10 games. They're a covering machine. Their offense is averaging 47 points a game over their last uh, three games. It seems like the book you know, just doesn't want to get to 7, Steve, for one reason or another, though. Sitting at 6.5, and, and it surprises me. Although I saw a stat that the Bills are 13-0 straight up. The last um, 13 times have been favored by 7 or more points. Uh, Bills struggled last year in the playoffs. They got off to the hot start, and then Josh Allen fell apart. I don't think that happens tomorrow, Steve. I like the favorite, and I like the over. 
Well, you know, I'll be rooting for my classmate, Sean McDermott, uh, to win the game. Um, I'd like to see Buffalo and, you know, Pittsburgh with Tomlin as well uh, have a nice run. But I I knew McDermott a little better. Um, So I I think he's a great coach. But I'll tell you what, I think Frank Wright's doing a great job. You can really say the Eagles maybe won their Super Bowl because of Frank Reich a couple years ago as the offensive coordinator. And you look how they, boy, have they fallen, huh, since he left and the Colts have taken off. Um, So this is, it's unfortunate, Gabe, that this is the 1 o'clock Eastern early kickoff on Saturday. It's probably the best game of the week, in my opinion. Um, I think the line's inflated, though. It'll be interesting to see if it does hit that key number of seven. Um, it's six and a half, like you said, across the board. There's some six and a halves minus a dollar fifteen. So I think it's getting closer. Um, I did my public plays video for Wager Talk TV today. It's, it was really popular during the regular season. Fading the most public plays the last eight weeks has gone 16 and four, 80 percent of those videos. And I really? did a little something wow. different in this one. I analyzed all the games, but I will say. The most public play on Saturday looks like it might be the Buffalo Bills. Um, so the line is inflated. And here's something else I'll point out. Bills played five playoff teams this year. They went three and two straight up. The point spread was minus three or less in all five of those games. Um, so this is definitely a hefty price in comparison to those. And that's one of the reasons Buffalo had such a great point spread record, as you mentioned, is the odds makers and public didn't really catch up to them. Uh, I think maybe they've caught up to them now with this price. So, Steve, so just to repeat there, so what, where's the consensus from? Wager talk players, or what, where's the where do you get the consensus from? And and then you said it's sixteen and four playing against it. But where's the consensus from? Yeah, no, I'm using basically a tons of different sources. And what I was doing uh, okay, basically yeah, since yeah. the end of November, I started. I just re- basically started this weekly video. In the first two weeks, it went seven and zero, fading the public. So I had to continue at that point. <laughs> and um, I was I was basically looking. I look at five or six different sets of um. Consensus yes, sites, yes, bookmakers, yes. everything, you know, percentage of tickets, um, actionable cash yeah, wagers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, so it's not an exact model. It's more of a, a feel and a kind of filter out. You know, so the question is, you know, if we had a full 16 card games this week, you know, who would have made it? I, I did all the games, but I will say the most public plays were Buffalo, Tampa Bay, and Pittsburgh. Buffalo and Pittsburgh being the two most public each day. And then the Saints wow. were also in that mix. So, you know, we have less games, but the Steelers, by the way, look very public Sunday night. Obviously, the COVID issues with Cleveland have made it more so. Um, but Buffalo is probably the second most public play, along with the Buccaneers. Those would be my three this week if I had to pick three. That's amazing. Um, you know what I find I find fascinating about that, Steve? And it came up today, but I didn't get to this point. So I'm glad it comes full circle here. Is You know, like the Super Contest, right? The Super Contest, and now you got the Circa. There's a million of these contests now. But, you know, the Super Contest used to be the big one. I used to be in it every year. We, we weren't in it this year for the first time in a long time. But I remember, Steve, people in the, in the old days, it used to be a big deal. Like, the people that weren't in the contest, like nationally and stuff, that weren't in Vegas, <coughs> would eagerly await, Steve, the Super Contest consensus, right? Remember? Oh, who are all the, yeah. you know, the top guys in the contest taking? The top five, super five consensus. I caught on, Steve, years ago as well, dude. The top five consensus is a kiss of death, faded. And yep. I could tell you, like, point blank what it would be. I, I used to tell people, I'll tell you what the consensus is going to be. These people take the same thing all the time. The biggest underdogs, right? <laughs> like, Because they were hipsters, right? I'll take the worst team, give me the Jags plus 11 and a half. And it was always predictable, the super, uh, the contest consensus, but I remember when it used to be good, but I've noticed over the past couple of years, I swear to God, I'm sure I'm sure someone out there has done this and faded it too. 
I guarantee you've won money fading the Super Contest Consensus 5 over the last couple of years, Steve. Yeah, Gabe, the most fascinating thing, my takeaway for the past eight weeks since I started this um, Fade the Public video on Wager Talk TV. And by the way, I recorded it this afternoon. Um, they just loaded about two hours ago. So if people want to see all the games, uh, Wager Talk TV on YouTube, it's available right now. You'll, you'll see the, uh, the Fade the Public, the top video up there. Um, what's amazing, though, Gabe, is I mentioned 16-4-1 against the spread, fading those public sides the last eight weeks. Half of those teams that didn't cover still won the game straight up. And as you know, in the NFL, 75 80% of the time, if you win, yeah. you cover. So for half of those teams to fail to cover but still win is very unusual, and it's exactly for the reasons we're talking about. It's because the line is inflated by two or three points, and that's kind of the situation with this Buffalo game. Very well could go win the game again by three or four points maybe, or six even. Um, so that was very amazing how well it worked. By the way, Kansas City made it almost like six of the eight weeks. They won every one of those games and didn't cover any of them. You know, the Chiefs have been just a huge money burner, and they're a very public team, obviously. Last week, 3-1 and one fading the public. The one that won and covered, Tampa Bay. They're on the list again this week against the Washington football team, so we'll see how it turns out tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm looking at some percentages right now. Buffalo Bills, 67%. Indianapolis, 33 Seattle, 59%. Rams, 41 Tampa Bay, 59%. Uh, t- uh, Washington, 41 uh, Tennessee, 54 Baltimore, 46 um, this one surprises me. New Orleans, 52-48. And, um, and as you mentioned, Pittsburgh, 62. So, exactly, yeah. Steve, the two biggest, chalkiest public angles here, the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And yeah. I don't know. I that's think that I Steeler well. game's kind of a trap. I, you know, thing is, Steve, you look at the Bills, 9-1, and one, last 10 games straight up, with the exception that stupid Hail Mary that they gave up to Arizona. Uh, eight and two, very impressive. Eight and two against the number. Offense putting up 47 points a game uh, over the last three games. And not just over the last three games, but they've been very impressive offensively all year. Uh, you know, I like this game to go over, Steve. I don't buy in. I don't care about, ooh, it's bad weather. It's not bad weather. 28 degrees isn't that cold. I'm not buying in. I think the game goes over. But I got the Bills to cover. Yeah, it's funny. I, I didn't do anything with totals during the regular season, but since we only had six games this weekend, I looked at some totals as well for the public consensus. And uh, one of the most public plays of the week on a total was the Buffalo over. So Buffalo and the over uh, are both uh, very public uh, this week. Uh, so tread lightly, Gabriel, with that logic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you know what, Merrill? As uh, Teddy brought up last night, the public isn't always wrong. <laughs> exactly right. I said that as well today Sometimes the, video. the public. Exactly right. Um, did you really? Uh, the, the public isn't yeah. always wrong. <laughs> yeah, and, and the big, sharp, the big takeaway sharp. is, like I said, it's about line value. You know, I mentioned earlier, four and sixteen against the spread, but they were like still like nine and seven straight up, or like whatever it was. Like half of them covered, half of them won, but didn't cover. So it's you're talking about a couple points. So you know, you need to know your numbers on all the games. If you think the line should be fifty-four and you're getting over fifty-one, it's still a play. It doesn't bother me that the public's on it. It's just something to keep in mind when you're looking at these games, and it's kind of a filter. You know, if maybe you're teetering. Maybe that keeps you off. Maybe if you're looking the other way, it's enough. By the way, uh, the Seattle Ram game, nothing on the side there, obviously with Goff, the quarterback situation. But that was the only game of all six this week where the public was somewhat leaning towards the under. And as you know, Gabe, they like favorites in the over. Uh, they were looking at all the favorites basically or, or is flat. And that's the only game they were looking at an under was that Seattle-LA game. And surprisingly, that's the lowest total on the board. Yeah, is it a trap though? You know, as Steve, you know, would you agree with this? And I, I think I told you this before, right? You know, remember I talked about it. I lived in the same condo as uh, as Jimmy Vaccaro in Vegas, legendary odds maker. And 
I'm not like name dropping, like, oh, I was good friends with him or anything like that. But, you know, I knew him and whatever. I used to see him in the elevator. And I used to always like be that guy. So, you know what I mean? In the elevator, instead of, hey, how you doing? I'd be like, hey, listen, why is Texas Tech uh, 68 and a half? Like, you know what I mean? It was great. I, he's a legend, right? So I'd ask him like point blank. I get right to the point. What do you think about that game anyways? I was like, why is it like that? And he told me, uh, he said, if you bet the lowest under under and the highest over over blindly, you'll make money like 74% of the time. He said, people don't want to do it because they get scared off. Right, but this is a classic example of this. I don't know, Steve. I've had people tell me they think it's great value that this game goes over the number forty-two and a half is too low. It's an overreaction. You're a big numbers guy. Look at the what were the totals when they played each other, Steve? Right, this year. Look at like that's a big difference, isn't it, from what they were and what it is now? But they played back. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah, actually, they, they played two weeks ago on the 27th. It was 48-20-9, Seattle win. But then back on November 15th, 53-and-a-half, and the Rams won 23-16. So we had 39 and 29 points, but the totals were Both under. Uh, basically 11 and 5 points higher. Um, what's amazing to me, Gabe, though, is we think of, you know, Seattle all offense, no defense, Rams low scoring. Rams are going under five of their last six. Seattle went over last yep. week against the Niners by about six points. They played seven straight unders. Actually, I'm sorry, eight straight unders before that. So, yeah, Seattle's actually been getting under the total. They have been. They've ratcheted it up, man. I don't know, man. This game's so tough. It feels like a field goal fest to me. Late night anger management class. More with Steve Merrill. Bring it. Coming at you all day. Every day. With more attitude than other lesser networks would deem appropriate. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to the source of live odds, line, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. But we just call it the winning edge. Keep it here. There's plenty to go around. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. some bad news for you. Uh, now, Marge, I'm waiting for the new XFL season. Who will win this year's million-dollar game? Who? Who? Honey. The X is for extreme. There is no XFL this year. The league folded. Who is it? Who told you? Last year's MVP. He sweeps up toenails at the beauty parlor. Late night anger management class. Steve Merrill kicking with us. Wager talk in the house. R.I.P. Tommy Lasorda. We'll play you some uh, Tommy Lasorda in a couple of minutes, and uh, we'll share some Tommy Lasorda stories. So a great, great, uh, great uh, Dodger manager. Uh, so uh, Steve Merrill uh, with us. Speaking of Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Rams. So so interesting. I've been fascinated by the point spread of this game. Like for for a game in which nobody wants to touch. Really, there's been a lot of line movement, but I think it's more so due to the Rams' return to health. Uh, you know, really, I mean, Jared Goff, what, what are we going to get from Jared Goff? That's a big question. I know they, they say, well, we don't know if he's going to play. You know Jared Goff is playing. So how effective is he going to be? That's another story. And as far as the total, man, it's just, it's a tricky game, Steve. Third time these guys are playing each other this year. Uh, you know, man, 
I, you know, I, the total at 42 and a half, like it could be low scoring at 23-20. You still lose if you bet the under, Steve. And 23-20, that's not a, that's not an impossible score for a game like this. Yeah, what's crazy, Gabe, is when you and I started 20, 30 years ago, you know, remember 37 and 41 were the two key numbers with NFL totals. <laughs> and we'd get games like at 36, 36 and a half. We're like, well, yeah. you know, it's it's below that key number of 37. I mean, now we're saying 42 is a low number. And that's still above 41 and 37. So it's just a different error with uh, NFL games. You, you can't make an argument playoff games are a little lower scored in general, more defensive intensity. Weather won't be an issue in this game. It's going to be very cold in a lot of those other games like uh, Tampa and Pittsburgh Saturday and Sunday night, uh, D.C. rather, and Pittsburgh Saturday and Sunday night. Um, but the weather's going to be clear everywhere. Um, the big thing for me, though, is you know, I talked about those four public favorites, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, also Tampa, New Orleans a little bit. The two in which it's basically a 50-50 split, not coincidentally, is the two games that are right on a field goal, the two most competitive games on the board, which is Seattle, L.A. Rams, and Tennessee, Baltimore. Both are hovering around that three, three-and-a-half mark, as you said, and um, it's a very key number. You're talking about 9%, 10% chance uh, those games land exactly on a field goal with the favorite winning. Steve Merrill, wager talk uh, with us. So I think the best way to approach, I don't know, guys, you can make an argument that's as good value as Seattle. It's down to three right now. This is going to be one of these deals that whatever you do after the game, you're going to be saying, oh, I, oh, I can't believe I did that, right? And like if, if Seattle rolls, and you're going to be like, I cannot believe I didn't take Seattle. They were only three-point favorites against a beat-up Jared Goff um, and the Rams who have stumbled down the stretch. Or if the Rams win, you're going to be like, ah, oh, it was such a trap. The spread was only three. I mean, Steve, I don't know if you believe in traps, but it seems like a trap. Like, this is one of those peribiable where it seems to me that the sports book is trying to get you to bet on Seattle. Like, you know, do you, you know what I mean, Steve? When you look at some numbers and you're like, I don't understand this number. I just don't get it. I just, you know, I, I didn't get it the other night when the Raptors were six and a half point favorites against the Boston Celtics. I was like, is it a trap? Like, why are they doing this? Like, why are they, why are they posting this number? Shouldn't Seattle be bigger favorites, Steve? Yeah, but what else? And I get what you mean by trap. It's, it's you know, it's a term I don't use too often, but there's definitely sharp square games in which, you know, the public thinks one side looks too easy. And over the years, doing a lot of radio and stuff, I, I, there's an angle I should have tracked a long time ago. I was doing all my Friday shows. I used to do five, six, seven football shows on Fridays for years. And there was always one or two games every week in which the hosts who weren't better, it's like, you're a better game. You look at things differently, you know, more like I do. But just sports hosts would be like, I don't get yes, this. Yes. This seems like How? a lock. And like yeah, 90% yeah, of yeah. the time, I actually like the other side. <laughs> and I swear probably yes. 90% of the time fading it. As I said with this game, though, is it's 50-50. I don't see the public on either side. So hard to really say it's a trap game when the public really isn't on one side or the other because normally they're really on that other side of the equation. Yeah, I, it's, it's a fascinating matchup uh, to me. It's a fascinating line. I don't know if it's going to be the most exciting game. It's going to be pretty meticulous. And a mistake here and a mistake there can make a very, very big difference. It just seems to me that Seattle, look, you got a 12-4 and four team. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10. They're 7-1 and one at home this year. Russell Wilson, 6-1 and one against the spread in opening round playoff games. And, you know, you've got, a, you know, you've got the Rams whose offense has struggled. I defend Jared Goff, but the entire world always tells me how hard he sucks. Yet here, here it is. It's only a three-point game. Like, it's just, it's baffling. Like, I understand the other point spreads. I, I get the other numbers. I just don't get this one. Like, that's that, you know, and I've seen a lot of numbers over the years. So the Washington number 
I get it. And, you know, this one, I'm a little weary of it because I like Washington. I think they can hang around, yet it's such a fine margin for error here. I sort of keep coming back to a 24-16, 24-17 style football game. And, Steve, you were talking about totals. It almost is like the old days, though, Steve. I'm not, we're not used to seeing 42 and a halfs and 44 and a halfs anymore. You know what I'm saying? It almost feels right. like it's like a blast you know, to the past. Total 44 and a half. And it's hard to believe I want to bet an under here, but I don't know. I don't think this game turns into a track meet shootout. Um, you know, so between the Rams and the Seahawks, 42 and a half. And then you go under in a nightcap as well. I don't know. I don't think they're both going over the number. What do you make of the, uh, the Tampa Washington game? Yeah, there's a few things. Um, I could definitely make a case for the uh, the Washington football team. I was about to say Redskins, but uh, I'll save that for when I talk about this one stack because it was the Redskins in 2018 when Alex Smith first came there. And I told you this one before, Gabe. It's a remarkable number. Um, as the starters since 2018 when the Redskins picked up Alex Smith, they're 11-5 and five straight up. You know, that's a good number. But what's more telling to me is that the team, the franchise, is now 6-26 and 26 straight up when he is not the starting quarterback during that same span. Um, they're a better team with them. He's a veteran player. He's not going to lose games. And they've got a defense in Washington now that can win games. A great defensive line. Uh, Chase Young is just a, a stud. You know, that makes up for that Haskins debacle the year before in the first round because Chase Young's there to stay. Um, here's a great stat for you. you got to ask the Alabama host if he knows a guy named Tom Abraham. I do Tom's show on ESPN Radio every week out of Alabama, Tennessee Valley. And i got to give Tom credit for this yesterday. He had this stat. I hadn't heard anybody else say this, Gabe. Tom Brady's bedtime is 8.30 p.m. Eastern nowadays. And you know how regimented he is about everything on his schedule. He apparently goes to bed at 8.30 Eastern. The Bucks this year on the primetime games, they're either 1-2 and two or 1-3, yeah. but they've only won one of them. That was the Giant game. They didn't look that good. If you recall, they didn't look that good against the Jets, another terrible team. I think there's something to the that. Bears. And then on top well, of that, Steve. it's going to be like 28 degrees tomorrow night in D.C., Yes, Brady played in New England, but he's been in Tampa for the whole year. So there's a lot of angles you could take that favor the Redskins here. And then not to mention, you know, four and one the last time we've had home dogs of seven or more over the last 30 years. Last two teams with a losing record have both won straight up over the last five or six years in the playoffs. Uh, some interesting stuff. But I got to give Tom Abraham from Alabama credit for that. And it'd be interesting to know if your guest knows him when you have him on later. That is unbelievable that he goes to bed that early. And it's, it's crazy that, um, that, Tom Brady, and we brought this stat up earlier in the week, Steve. I said, you know, out of all the quarterbacks that are playing this week, one of the quarterbacks is 0-7 against the spread his last seven primetime games. 1-6 straight up. 7. 0-7 wow. against the spread, Steve. It's Tom Brady. And Makes sense. I was thinking, well, going back to last year with the Patriots, and then, like, this year, it's like, I don't know, is it, is it weird? Because, I don't know, I know you're not the biggest trend guy, but... You know, is it an anomaly? Is it a random circumstance, et cetera? But we were bringing it up. We were talking about it this week, kicking the tires on it. Like, why? What is it? And it was brought up sort of jokingly. Well, he is old, right? He is getting older. And, you know, and it was brought up. You know, man, he goes to bed early. He's a health freak and all this type of stuff. And you notice he's always complaining about the cold now. I would never live in the East Coast again. I'll never play there ever again. He seems to really hate cold, as you stated. And I don't know, Steve, there's got to be something to it. Look, you're, you see through numbers. 0-7, Steve, against the spread. 1-6 straight up with a span of two different football teams. 
You know, man, I hope, dude, that the later the better they start this game, Steve. I hope there's a little delay right before the game. Like, you know what I'm saying? A little delay. Someone protests or something. It's delayed another half hour. <laughs> Here's what's funny, though, Gabe, is that, you know, the, the Bucks won last week to hold the five seed to get to play the NFC least winner, either yes. the Giants or Redskins. They um, wanted it. Maybe they ended yeah. up screwing themselves. They should have lost and had the daytime game. Because I'm looking here. It's one in four straight up this year. I'm sorry, one in three this year. He lost to the Bears. He lost to the Rams. And he lost to the uh, the the Jets or no? What was that the other one? I'm looking. At, I'm all confused here. I'm sorry. The Saints. Yeah, Saints, Bears, and Rams. He lost, and they barely beat the Giants um, in that game. So um, yeah, pretty interesting stuff there overall for uh, Tampa Bay's night games this year at eight o'clock Eastern. Yeah, the Giants sucked then too, uh, and the Giants were in that football game. Yeah, there's something. Yeah. There's something to it. I just like teams to play with house money. And you brought it up as far as underdogs, Steve. Um, you know, getting getting seven or more. And, you know, what about there's something to it as well, dude? I saw a stat. And I guess you can argue, well, the eight and eight teams often were at home. But I know that Washington aren't eight and eight. Chicago are. But eight and eight teams, guys, are four and one straight up in the last five playoff games. And as you know, Steve, and I'm sure you guys at Wager Talk have talked about it, but... The last two times that a seven-win team got in the playoffs and everyone laughed at them, they won the game outright. Yeah, I mean, I will say I think a lot of those teams, as we said, were home dogs with fans. Uh, we, you, you and I debated that. And, by the way, Seattle's 7-1 at yes, home this yes. year, you know, without fans. And that's yeah, another reason that exactly. line does look short. Right. Um, so, yeah, it, it's an angle that continues to work. Both losing teams and big home dogs have been money in the bank over decades now. That's a good angle right there, Steve. We were talking about the fan stuff. So think about it. If if there were fans, if you know, and I almost feel like I can see the stadium uh, looking into the mountains right now. But if there were 78,000 freaks there, all wasted and like they're always crazy in Seattle and the 12th man and all loud, would the point spread be three? Probably not, right? Yet, I'm just saying, but they're still, they're still seven and one at home. So I'm saying there might be value on Seattle. Like, or maybe they're overreacting that there's not fans. I don't know. And, you know, Gabe, this is something I wanted to pull up earlier. We're talking about Brady one and three straight up in the 8 o'clock Eastern games. Obviously, what matters is yeah. how he plays, right? Not the result, but how he played. That Chicago yes. game, an 87 rating. The five games before and after, he was 115 or better. Then New Orleans, the next night game, a 40. Then he was 124. And then the L.A. Ram game, 62. And then he was basically 96 or 110 or better every other game after that. So basically, he was lights out in every game except those three primetime losses. Like, we're talking about a rating almost half of what the other ones were. So I think there's definitely something to that late start thing. And, I mean, it makes sense to me. And, and Tom Abraham, Alabama Radio, he's the one who gave that to me yesterday. I think it's just fantastic. Hey, listen, if I was Washington, man, I'd just, like, pull the lights or something. I'd just, like, create, <laughs> like, another like two I know hours. this. Oh, yeah, just say, listen, sorry, guys. It's going to be another 40 minutes. We'll be good. <laughs> like, don't, you know what I mean? don't worry about it. It's, uh, it's good. It's good. But it's going to take about 40 minutes just to sort of push this back. The game is slated to start at 8.15. 8.15. And all that that you're talking about, and this Washington defense, guys, this Washington defense yep. hasn't given up more than 20 points. They haven't given up uh, more than 20 points going back uh, to November the 15th against the Detroit Lions. Uh, they uh, they held Cincinnati to nine, Dallas to 16, Pittsburgh 17, San Francisco 15, Seattle 20, uh, Carolina 20, Philadelphia 14. 
like their defense is real, guys. You don't throw. We, we went over the numbers last night. You don't throw more. They don't give up more than 200 yards through the air. More with Merrill on the other side. Bring it. Come on. Admit it. You do your own play-by-play in your head when you play horse. Don't you? <laughs> you do you, bro. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our goal is subtle, but profound. We want you, Sporto, to hold court at the company water cooler every Friday and Monday. Get it? That's the winning edge. All you got to do is listen. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Three-minute warning. Lucky Steve Merrill uh, with us. Time always flies, man. Level one has just flown by here this evening. Good thing we got 180 minutes full court press, except I got to be honest, guys. We've screwed up this week in the sense that every guest, we always start we always start with the first game, and then we got to blah, right? What, what do you think about a Sunday's game? So Sunday, all right. <laughs> so, oh, say, what do you think about a Sunday's game, Steve? Uh, it sounds like you're thinking that Washington has a chance to hang around and cover. We got Baltimore and Tennessee. Uh, New Orleans, Chicago, and then Pittsburgh and Cleveland. What about Sunday's card? Yeah, I'll just quickly go over where the public is. They're, like I said, split on the sun, the Baltimore game, but they're pretty heavy on the over. So the Baltimore, Raven, Tennessee over looks pretty public. Um, Saints and the over in that game looks pretty public. And then probably the most public player of the week, as we talked about, Pittsburgh Steelers in the nightcap. Um, Cleveland's going to be without their head coach, a starting offensive lineman, and uh, their offensive calling is going to be by a different coordinator. Yet the total hasn't moved down any. Still 47 and a half. That's been a bit of a surprise. Uh, public is neutral on that total, by the way. Uh, Steve, what are you feeling about the college football national championship game right now? We won't speak uh, until after the game uh, and, uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, you know it's a tough time when they're saying it looks like Ohio State will have enough players to meet the NCAA minimum to play oh. the game. Wow. I mean, what a mess. Uh, line's holding steady at is eight. They've what... gone back to seven and a half after being on eight. Then the news came out of big COVID Tuesday, Wednesday, along with the Browns, went back to eight. Total also, though, has not moved. Uh, the early number is 76, went down to 75. It really hasn't moved. You know, how healthy is Fields? That's a big question. Yeah, and it's so tough to – we've got to wait this out, uh, you know, and see what happens. Until, it's one of these games you got to wait till the final second to bet. There's just too much uh, unforeseen circumstance uh, right now surrounding Ohio State, and I really want to pull the trigger with them. I think they can hang around. I think, I think they can put some points on the board. We have Dr. Chow on the show, great guy. And um, uh, Dr. Chow says that Fields will be fine during the game. He basically said they're going to shoot him up. He said, yes, he's in a lot of pain right now. Yeah, he's not practicing. But, yes, he'll play, and he'll be fine when he plays. He won't feel a thing. <laughs> yep. Welcome to college football. Steve Merrill kicking it with us. Great stuff, Steve. Always a pleasure. Happy New Year. Wager Talk TV. Thanks, Steve. Non-stop live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. What, are you not going to listen? We are the Sports Grid Radio Network.